Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tonight's episode of From the Streets to the Pulpit. I am your host, the number one, and soon will be joined by our panels. Tonight, we're going to talk about just because it's your passion doesn't mean that it's your purpose. Oftentimes, we confuse ourselves 
with our passion versus our purpose. Just because we're passionate about something doesn't mean that it's the purpose that God had for us. For example, just because you like kids doesn't necessarily mean that you're meant to be a child counselor. Just because you like to argue doesn't mean that you're fit to be a lawyer. It is possible to even sell yourself short. You may have a great voice. You may want to sing, but God wants you to be a speaker. The point is we don't always know what purpose God has for us. So, again, just because your passion is your passion doesn't mean that it's your purpose. Why do you think that your business hasn't grown beyond a hustle? Because it's your passion, not your purpose. Our intention isn't to insult anyone or discourage anyone, but we want you to understand that sometimes your passion and God's purpose just doesn't line up. And until it does so, you won't seek the success nor the fulfillment that you may be looking for. Um, it's a sad, it's a sad truth, but it's one that's very necessary if we're going to be fulfilled at anything that we do. So, without further ado, I guess it's time to get right to it. Let's get our panel on the line. You can hear what they have to say. Good evening. Good evening. So let's talk about this. Just because it's your passion doesn't mean that it's your purpose. That's one major conflict that we as a people seem to have. We think because we like to do something and we're passionate about it, that's our calling, that's our purpose. Would you agree? Right. Yes, yes, uh, I, I definitely agree. Um, passion is uh, just looking it up here, and it's and it says it's any powerful or compelling emotion or feeling. Um, mm-hmm. So, it, and it says it's strong and barely controllable emotion. Ooh. So, um, I, I think that in looking at the definition of it, um, if we stop to take a look at the definition and then, you know, seek um, those things that we're passionate about. And and write it down, of course, I think we would be able to see more clearly that just because we're passionate doesn't mean that it's our purpose. Um, Like you said, I I can be passionate about children. That doesn't mean I should go and be a teacher. Um, Absolutely. You know, I could could be passionate about um, um, singing. Or, you know, I have a great voice, but that doesn't mean that I should be a singer. Like I said, maybe maybe I should be a speaker. Maybe or I could be passionate about speaking. That doesn't mean I need to be a preacher. You know, Absolutely. maybe I need to be, maybe I need to sit on a panel and, and, and do something else. So, 
you know, when, when if we were to challenge ourselves to actually look up passion, um, I think that we would learn that that has nothing to do with the purpose for which God has called us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and to your point, you know, we, we often get confused with with those things. Uh, but again, to your point, because we're acting out of emotion. That's the part that we um we really been overlooking when we're talking about our passion. You know, it's an a, a emotional tie to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but it's not a spiritual. So, no. Passion has nothing to do with spirit. Okay. Okay. Well. Okay, and then when <laughs> when we look at purpose, um, it says as a noun, it is the reason for which something is done, or Uh-oh. created, or for which or something exists. Mhm. Um, as a verb, purpose um, means it ha- have as one's intention or objective. Um, okay. So when you when you look at purpose, even in using it as Webster or Google would put the the definition, um, it is the reason for which something is done or created. Well, when you now. Yeah, I'm not a scholar, so I I I I have not I'm not quoting the Bible, but I'm at, I'm sure that um, in the context in which the Bible refers to purpose, it's the same thing. The purpose it is why you were created. Um, it, is, it is what it is what you exist to do or achieve or accomplish um, according to God's will. Mm-hmm. Essentially, your, per- your your reason that God created you, in a sense, to fulfill whatever. Am I hearing that correct? Yes. So your your purpose is is why you exist. Um, and and it, I think that that oftentimes, you know, and uh, I'm not sure if Pastor is on right now, but um, if he gets on or when he gets on tonight. We could probably elaborate and explore this a little further, but I think that oftentimes we are repurposed. Um, for instance, mm-hmm. as as a child, um, as a child, you're not going to have the same purpose as you will an adult. I think your destiny will be the same. So I think that you know he won't. I, I don't think that God will change your end story, but throughout your childhood and throughout your life, um, you will be what I would like to think repurposed. So um, your purpose in school may have been to, you know, play sports, right? Um, And and be um, in team activities so that you can become more, um, I don't know, social, right? And then as an adult, just because your purpose in school was to be on a team and learn how to do teamwork and be social and, and learn those skills, um, as an adult, God may take those and use them for something else, such as 
you know, um, let's say you become um, a lawyer. Um, maybe those skills that you use in team building is what you're going to need to be able to, because if you start at the bottom and work your way up, maybe you have to be able to know how to do research and work together to accomplish a common goal. Who knows? Absolutely. But I think that throughout our life we get we get repurposed. And sometimes um, we we don't adjust as as soon as we should um, when you know we're being repurposed. Mm. That's wow. I agree. No. And and okay. No, no, I I agree, a hundred percent. Because you you are absolutely right. It is one of those things where a repurpose is possible, um, or maybe not even a, a repurpose. Maybe it's the steps that it takes for you to get to mm-hmm. the final, to the big, to the true mm-hmm. purpose. You know what I mean, like like it's mm-hmm. training. It's 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 uh, OJT, if you will, and it's preparing yeah. you. You know, uh, down in the mailroom in order to get to the corner office. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you know the inner workings of the entire company, you know. But we oftentimes just just want to jump to it because this is our passion, because we're emotional uh, mm-hmm. driven. And mm-hmm. oftentimes, when, we, when your emotions are driving, it can have you off course. Because again, your emotion and your spirit isn't. Uh, in the sinking. Do you agree? Okay. Yeah, I missed that last part, so I didn't understand what you said. No, I was saying that that your 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 spirit and your emotion isn't always in sync. Right. No, it's 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 not. Um, oftentimes, you have to give your, you know, get your emotions in check so they can catch up with where your spirit is. Because, you know, when God moves, he he's moving on purpose. He's not moving on passion, right? So mm. so so when he sets when he sets the ball in motion um, for whatever blessing it is he has for you. Um, like, for instance, he, he set the ball in motion for you to go and buy a home, okay? Um, you you start you start to hunt. You start looking for a home. And, you know, you go from one house to the next looking, and you're getting emotionally attached because you love this about this home. You love this about that home. And... You get so emotionally attached to different features of a home, you know, a bathtub or something like that, that when you walk into the house that God has for you, um, you might miss it because you're stuck on, but that one just had a really nice, you know, bathtub, but this one just had, you know, um, the, the prettiest tile in the floor. Well, you, you might be missing your blessing because right there you, you, you're stuck in, in you know, you, you're being very passionate about features or cosmetic features. Um, 
you're not really looking at the bones of the house in which mm-hmm. the one that God has for you, it may not have that pretty ceramic tile, um, but that's the house that God said is yours. So you may be missing or delaying your blessing a little bit because you, you're stuck on passion and not mm. purpose. See, God may want you to have a three-bedroom, two-bathroom house, right, um, okay. for you and for you and your spouse, but, but you're so stuck on trying to bring, you know, your family along, you're trying to go to a five-bedroom, four-bathroom house. Would have would have finished mm. basement. You see mm. what I'm saying? So so you you stuck right there in your passion because you're passionate about family and you're passionate about taking care of people and you're passionate about bringing people along for the ride. But but you're missing what God is telling you because God is telling you that I want you to be here. So you can focus this on your right, immediate family. Right, right. Your purpose, your purpose is is with your spouse. You know, your passion lies with your family, of course, and that's all well and good, but your purpose is to be a husband or to be a wife. Mm. And in order to do that and do that effectively, then I need you to be in, you know, in this house, in this place, and and you may have to cut yourself off from your family in Mm. order to fulfill your purpose. Because sometimes that family could be what keeps you from... Being you from fulfilling your purpose. Yeah. yeah. See, when you look at purpose and passion, you know, I I think that if you're trying to be passionate about something, then then I think you're gonna miss out or 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 delay um, understanding and fulfilling your purpose. See, you can be passionate after you've gotten and you've understood what your purpose is. Like for me, um, I'm passionate about my husband and my boys. But that's my purpose, is to be a wife and a mom. And putting that first makes all other things fall in line. Whether or not I have... Um, a familial support system or whether or not I have regular familial contact, um, all that I'm missing or all that one would think that I appear to be missing doesn't matter to me because my purpose is here. So for me, my purpose and my passion are in alignment. Well, it's Mm -hmm. like that because my purpose was revealed to me, and then I became passionate about it. I wasn't passionate about something else that interfered with my purpose. That makes perfectly good sense. Um, I know that when you start dealing and talking about purpose and and passion, um, to me, it translates to a business and hustle. You know what I mean? Um, your passion is your hustle. But your purpose is when it becomes a business. And until you until that purpose, until you line up with what God has intended for you, you will constantly be hustling. 
if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah, it does. We as people we gotta we gotta stop selling ourselves short. Um when it comes to that because we're killing ourselves for that reason. Mm-hmm. We not we're not in tune. We're not lining up. And it's and it's for whatever reason. Maybe it's because um lining up isn't what's looking good on T V. Who knows? But in actuality, lining up will get you on TV, if you will. Okay. Because it's, it's, but for you, it's for you. It doesn't matter who comes along or what comes along. If it's God's plan for you, you'll have it, and nobody will be able to, to disrupt it. Although a few may try. No one will ever be able to disrupt it because no one is greater than God. Well, as Pastor said, can't nobody beat God at giving. Right, right, right. And I think that the the biggest thing um, about that is is recognizing it. Right. So it's it's all about how you. how you take the steps to get to where you need to be or or how you um or what path you walk, right? So it's when you get to the age, um well let let's just go back a little further than that. I think that I think that sometimes as children, um, your purpose can be revealed to your parents. Mm-hmm. Not not fully, but I think that, that God gives you flashes of a scene, if you will, um, so that in turn your parents can pour into you the ways that you can come into your purpose. And I would say, I'm not going to say sooner than God's time, but can pour into you so that when, when, when God is ready to put you on that um, speedway to your purpose, you, you're where you need to be um, spiritually, emotionally, and, and, Whatever else you need, does that make sense? So I think yeah. that that when you, when you look at parenting or when you look at purpose, um, some of the responsibility to prepare you to walk in that purpose lies on your parents, um, especially if they are spiritually con- connected, and God is revealing to, you, to to your parents those those flash forward scenes of you know, how they need to pour into you and and prepare you for that purpose. And at some point down the line, as you start to live in that purpose, um, your passion kicks in because when 
There's nothing like being in a place where you love being, right? Yeah. So yes. you know they they you know people say if what is it if if you do something you love you'll never work a day in your life. Absolutely. Well, part of that is is not only purpose, right? It's it's passion because when you enjoy living in your purpose, then it doesn't feel like work. It feels like you are doing what God wants you to do. It feels like you're making your heavenly father smile. And that's in it, truth be told, that's all we're here for. Is is to make him is to make him make him proud of us and, and live the life that he he wants us to live, right? So um mm-hmm. I think that it I think that it's important to, you know, for parents to be spiritually connected so that um you can prepare your son or daughter to be ready when their purpose is revealed. Um, I'm not going to say they'll miss it, but oftentimes we delay it because we get stuck in passion and not understand purpose, you know? Oh, absolutely. That that makes perfectly good sense. Uh, we let our passion get in the way of our purpose. And, again, you end up missing out or prolonging it because uh, – you kind of missed the mark a bit. Mhm. Mhm. But now, from my understanding, and, and Pastor, when he come on, he can clarify. Um, if you don't utilize your your gifts or talent, you can lose them. And um, and I believe that's that's what it is in in not getting into your your purpose. If your purpose is to, let's say, cut hair, and you avoid it forever, you may lose that that gift. No, I'm, I don't know the words in scripture for that. Uh, Pastor has to to clarify. That's his realm. But um, I'm I'm sure somewhere in there in the Bible it does state that. Okay, I didn't. I, I wasn't aware of that. You know that ain't that ain't my field of expertise. Okay. Well, when it's it is, we go we go table that question. So when uh, Pastor joined us, he could he could clarify. We all was born with it within with the with an intent, with the purpose. Nothing was just happenstance. It's pre preordained destination. And I know that we get so caught up in everything, other people's uh plans for us that we miss the mark. And I believe that we should try to redirect if not um, realign ourselves with our passion, I'm sorry, with our purpose 
so that way we it can be blessed and it can be uh, smiling or, or beneficial and pleasing to the eye of God versus everyone else. Again, just because you have a a, a quote-unquote nice voice doesn't mean that you're meant to be a singer. Right. And I think that, that you know, for those people who, like, are a little hesitant or um, fearful or worried about when you're walking in your purpose, like, God won't leave you lacking. Right? That's so, true. for instance, like, I remember, you know, growing up, was a kid, you know, um, of course, we, we have all these big plans and dreams and, you know, you go to school and when you uh, start to get in high school, the teachers, um, you start to learn a little bit more about, you know, um, salaries, how much people make when they do this and how much you can make when you are this, that, and the third. And, um, you know, like I, I wanted to be an accountant, but, and so, um, I was always passionate about numbers and understanding numbers, and and that was the one thing for me that worked, um, understanding numbers. And so I, I always thought to myself, yeah, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this, that, and I'm gonna climb the corporate ladder, and I'm gonna be the, you know, the highest paid, you know, in 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 my field and what I do, and these are. The things that I thought to myself, especially after I found out, you know, like how much money accountants could make and, and things like that. Well, you know, I get into college and accounting is dry. It's boring to me. Um, so I had to change, you know, I'm still in numbers, which that's that I was passionate about. So I changed my major and went into finance and, you know, enjoyed that a little bit better. But fast forward, you know, like all the all the jobs that I thought that I would get out of college and get this one job and it, you know, be it for me. And I'd get it in my field. Well, it didn't happen that way. Um, and then, you know, by the time I was, I was 26, I was working in this, this one job. It didn't have, um, wasn't in my field. It was good experience and was making pretty decent money, but it, it didn't allow me to focus on, because I, I worked uh, a lot, and so by the time it hit me, and it said, "You, you know what? Like this isn't something's missing. Like you, you can't. This isn't where you're supposed to be, as far as career-wise. Um, you, you, your mother. You know that now. That is your purpose. So as soon as I like, I don't know, it was like a brick almost fell out the sky, and it was just like, ding, and the light bulb came on. But as soon as I restructured and prioritized my life, all things fell into place. Got a new job, one that, that did not require uh, familial sacrifice in order to make decent money, one that, you know, when I was off at five, I was off at five, and, you know, there were no phone calls or you know, managerial duties after the fact, um, no weekends, and, 
you know, still have that same job to this day. Um, more children, of course, but in the, now I'm married. So it's as soon as I realized that my focus was, was my family, things start falling into place and all the money in the world couldn't replace my purpose. You see what I'm saying? Like I thought that I was going to be making like, you know, bukus and bukus of, of money and never even thought about family and marriage and children. And, you know, I, I only thought about myself. But as soon as my purpose fell on me and said, hey, you're a wife and a mom, that that became it for me. So I, I don't lack in that area, I don't know what you want to call it, corporate climbing, I guess. Uh, it is It is great to hear. It's very refreshing to hear. I know that it's. Uh, it was difficult up until that point because, it, it, I mean, it, some things just didn't make sense. Um, you know, I know I, you know, graduated at the top of my class, so I know I did everything that I was supposed to do. Why am I not getting the corporate offers, or why am I not advancing where I thought? Well, until you realize your purpose, mm-hmm. then it happened. And then and it was like, well, I don't got to be making bukus or boatloads of money by myself because now as a wife, together, we may make boatloads of money mm-hmm. because that's what God has for us. Um, it's like me in, in, in my field. It was, it was a bit. Uh, <laughs> it was. I ain't gonna say it was similar. It was. It was. It was just as, just as weird though. Uh, I didn't picture myself doing it. You know, for the long haul, I just saw myself doing it. Uh, but it wasn't until I became, you know, I stepped into my purpose and being passionate about my purpose to where it started making sense. And it wasn't there because I wanted to make the money. It was there because I wanted to reach people. And once I did that, it was like, wow, okay. And to your point, never have gone lacking for anything since. And don't get it, don't get me twisted. In my other uh, jobs, <laughs> I made I've made a lot of money, but um, the fulfillment just wasn't there as it is now. Mm-hmm. So everything won't be about the money. If everything is, is about really the purpose. The purpose. If you follow, because follow once the you, purpose, then the money will come. Yeah, you said it. Once you get into your purpose, the money will come. And and it may not be, you know, it'll be, and it's weird because it'll be, I don't know. It'll be more than than you can imagine, but not more than you can handle. Um, 
You know what I'm saying? It's it's just it's just it's just that weird balance, and and you're not left lacking in an area of unfulfillment when it comes to your profession. Um, so it's you know where you always dreamed of being the spotlight, which that wasn't me, but you know those are people who who have that dream where you've always dreamed of being the spotlight. Um, when you're in your purpose. Spotlight doesn't matter, right? You know, and, and you may be getting it, you may not be getting it, but the spotlight doesn't matter. You know, you you may get that spotlight simply because, you know, like I'm, I am my family's spotlight. You know, like I, there's nothing like going to sleep and waking up knowing that you know my husband and my kids are going to be excited to see me. You know what I mean? So. Mm-hmm. Whether whether I see someone outside my four walls in my house or not, you know, it doesn't matter because the ones who are in here um, absolutely adore me and I them. So, you know, like again, like when you're living and walking in your purpose, like no amount of, you know, passion alone can can amount to that. You know what I mean? Like nothing can compare to um, the fulfillment of being in your purpose. I I agree. I think that um, to your point, once you, I never wanted, okay, I'm going to rephrase this. When I was young, before I actually understood business, it was like, okay, I want to be on the stage like rappers, you know. But then it's like, but the dude behind the scene, behind the curtains is the one who made the money. You always see the ones who in the office counting the money while everybody else is performing. So that's where I want to be. And I believe that when I got older, when I got older, I came true to that because as I I didn't want to be in the spotlight. I didn't want the attention. But in my profession, the attention is there only because I'm living in my purpose. And God put everything else. All I had to do was just get in line. Again, it took my purpose. It took me to become passionate about my purpose in order for me to be prosperous. Hold on. Pastor just got on the line. Pastor, you can have that one. Yeah, you just, just going to throw him in like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <but> really. <laughs> but that's what, it, that's what it took. Because, um, and Pastor, I'm glad you're here. We were saying that biblically, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, forgive me. Forgive my manner. Welcome. Welcome, sir. Good to, good to be on the line. If you don't use your gifts, your talent from God, you can lose it, correct? That's biblical. Definitely so. Okay. Definitely. I couldn't actually go to the scripture, but I'm glad you're here. Well, you talk, <laughs> you're talking about gifts. Sounds like you're talking about gifts and purpose. And um, 
<laughs> man, you uh, ooh, you have touched on something that uh, really drives our life. It'll determine whether you're successful. It'll determine whether you're happy. Um, you know, it'll determine. It, it determines a whole lot because a lot of times we search our entire life, or live our entire life, um, you know, and never know our purpose, never know the reason that we were, um, you know, placed on this earth. And so we chase everything but our purpose. And um, mm-hmm. that's like a dog chasing his own tail, man. It's, it's uh, <laughs> uh, everything else, we chase it because it feels good. But there's a reason why God put you, you know, here on this earth. Everybody was put here for a reason, everybody. Everybody was born um, with a purpose. Everybody was born with a purpose. And uh, and I think that's the key is finding out, you know, what that purpose is. And then once you find out what it is, accepting it. Because a lot of times it will go against what you really, really want. You know, when you just mm-hmm. when I got on, you were talking about, um, you know, not wanting to be in the spotlight. But then I guess you were saying your purpose kind of thrust you into it. And that's what purpose mm-hmm. is. You won't, you you're not gonna always love everything about it. You just something about it that's gonna disappoint you. Something that you're not gonna want to do, but um, your purpose is gonna require it. And the reason for that is because it keeps you uh, depending on God, you know, to yeah, to accomplish it. And that's the, you know, that's the main thing about purpose is purpose is God driven, you know, and. Um, Everything else, I guess you'd say passion, if you want to say it that way, is driven by feeling and emotion and money and attention and, I don't know, satisfaction, all kinds of things. But uh, that purpose purpose is God-driven. Absolutely. And, and, um, Ms. Quick, when we first entered the line, she actually um, defined those things, and she made mention that, just like you said, you know, uh, one is – God and one is emotion, and oftentimes our emotion and our spirit selves doesn't uh, communicate or isn't in sync, and that's where we usually fall short. But the moment we can become passionate about our purpose, then beyond the sky's the limit. Yep. As you said, that um... – there's a guy, uh, I forgot who said this, man. I, I forgot who said it, but they teach you this in, um, you know, well, a lot of them, the older preachers that were before me told me this, and uh, I found out that they got it from someone else, and I can't remember who, who did it, but they were saying the most important two days of your life is the day you were born and the day you find out why, you know, mm. and uh, mm. I like that, man, because that's the, that's the case right there. You know, you, the day you were born is very important because you can't accomplish anything if you're not here. But the day you find out why you were born, that's 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 when it all comes to you. That's when you become a man, a woman. That's when you become. That's when you start living. And so Absolutely. to that point, you just you're just existing. You know, but experimenting. Uh, you, <laughs> yes, sir. That's all you're doing. That's all you're doing. You. You really are. You're trying this, and that don't worry. So I'll jump and I'll try something else. So when you find your purpose, um, you know, you can stay right there no matter what. I'll give you an example. Um, Michael Jordan, his his purpose is it has to be basketball, but here's the thing about it. Uh, he tried baseball, and it worked. 
<laughs> no matter what else he tries, as long as he stays somewhere in the realm of basketball, whether he owns it or he's making basketball shoes or making basketball appearances, he'll always be successful because that is his purpose. And I think that's why you see him on TV commercials. He rarely ever says anything. Rarely has to say, he don't have to say anything. Just his, just his uh, presence. <laughs> his, his presence, you know, and, and that's all it takes. So we, it's, we all need to find our purpose, and it's, um, life is unfulfilling, uh, unfulfilled until we do that. And um, a lot of people leave this earth without ever knowing um, the real purpose or not accepting it, you know. And, I, mm. you know, that's, that's me right there. I knew my purpose, but I just didn't want to accept it. I didn't want that. I wanted to do something else. And, um, you know, unfortunately, it, it, it finally dawned on me, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, let me stop fighting with this thing because I'm just spinning my wheels. So let me go ahead and, uh, and walk in it. So, yeah, everybody has a purpose, man. And sometimes we want to we want to we want to do what we see other people doing, and that's not that's not Uh-oh. what we got. Oh, you said something right then, and mm-hmm. like like Miss Quick was saying in the beginning, a lot of times it's our parents or the people around us uh, who who's essentially putting on us what they want to be on us. Miss um, yeah. Quick, you can go ahead and take it from there because I don't want to you know put words in your mouth, or whatever. I was saying that that you know when you when you become a parent, then you know and you're spiritually connected. I believe then you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that, that God sort of gives us glimpse into um, our children's purpose a little bit because there are different things that they are um, that they're good at, and you're able to pour into them so that they can walk into their purpose and be ready for their purpose when God reveals it to them versus um, just, you know, kind of flying by the seat of your pants and not pouring into them spiritually. And they, you know, they're delayed. Because I think that sometimes we can, I don't know if we actually can miss our purpose, but we can definitely delay our purpose because of trying to do what others do or trying to just run from, you know, our calling or what have you. So I think that, you know, early on as parents, you know, pouring into our children spiritually, you know, helps them to kind of come into that, their purpose um, on time. You're exactly right. I mean, you think about um, how many times, you know, as children, you know, we'll say, I know I've said it, and it was told to me on several occasions, what you're going to be when you grow, grow up, we we damage him right there because here's the thing. I mean, we tell, oh, you can be a doctor. You're smart enough to be a doctor. You this, you that. Listen, man, let me tell you something. Uh, every child is not equipped uh, to go to a four-year college. That's not what every child was for. That's, you know, you know, and you're going to spend $150,000, $250,000 putting that kid through college, and all he's going to do is flunk out or drink himself crazy or have 87 right kids or whatever. And, and you're sitting there wondering, I put him in position, he failed. He didn't fail. We failed because, like you yeah. said, at, when you see them coming up, you see, well, this one is, is really good. He, this one has this, this imagination. He can sit down with a pencil and paper, and he's satisfied. This one loves to read. 
This one loves to play. You can see glimpses of it. And what we're supposed to do as parents is to not want them to be like us, but to help them fulfill their purpose, invest in their purpose, invest in their purpose. Mm-hmm. And we don't do that. We push them, you know, you go, that's my little doctor right there. That's my little lawyer. That's my little, no, 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 don't, don't, don't rob them. You know, we have to invest, as you said, spiritually and see God and say, okay, God, I see this gift. I see this talent in him. Let me know what he was meant to be. And um, I'll start to pour into that. Um, and the old folk could tell you, you know, after they get a certain age and they, you know, not as excited as before, you know, my grandmother told me when I was young, she said, uh, son, said, you're going you're gonna to preach. Oh, you're going to preach. I'm thinking to myself, I can't say it because I can't cuss no more. But I was saying, heaven, no, I'm not. That's what I was thinking. I ain't say it to her. But, you know, like, you, you must be all these good-looking women out here and all this stuff I can do. <laughs> That's the last thing. Matter of fact, I don't really want to go to church, you know. But she saw it. She saw it. You know, she she absolutely saw it. And, uh, you know, and I did everything I could to just ignore that, you know. But eventually somebody has to, uh, you know, we should pour in our children's lives. We should pour in our children's lives. And, and you know, and, uh, please continue. No, 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 go ahead. So we, my, my four-year-old, he says, Daddy, I'm going to be a builder. I'm going to build you a mm-hmm. house. I'm going to build you a big house. I'm going to build mommy a tiny house. I'm going to build Miko a tiny house because we're small. And I'm going to build Michael mm-hmm. a tiny house. And mm-hmm. this kid, we go to the doggone, I'll just take him to a random construction site or a place where they have, like, heavy construction equipment. And this kid is in, like, hog heaven. You'll swear he like, mm-hmm. been here before in this regard. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dang, this kid may be <laughs> that because his interest, I mean, his imagination, to your point, he would take the blocks and make it. And you'd be like, dang, I can see that. You know what I mean? And none of these blocks are round or circled or what have you. He going to make it all yeah. come together with all rectangle yeah. pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, man, uh, just to echo what you just said, I have an uncle named Frankie. And this is, we were trying to get everybody together because I knew some of my older folk didn't finish school and it was uh you know, some of them didn't know how to read, some of them. Yeah, and the reason, the way I found out is, if, you know, if I'm up there and I'll say turn to, you know, I don't know, Genesis, whatever, whatever, and I see that they're either struggling with it or I see that they never bring a Bible with them, okay, kind of my radar went up then. And so probably I just reached out, got some information together, and I said, listen, anybody that want to, you know, go back and, you know, try to get a degree or try to go back and do a diploma, GD or whatever, and so my uncle came to me privately and said, uh, "I don't know what made you say that." He said, "But uh, I always wanted to get my high school diploma." Now, my whole life, I just made the assumption that he had it, but he didn't, and he quit school, you know, uh, early on. He didn't finish. I don't know what grade he finished in, and it was crazy to me because this man builds houses. This man can do anything that he wants to do. And, you know, I, I I couldn't figure it out. I just got bold enough and asked him. I said, you mean to tell me as old as you are? I did it in a joking way. You mean to tell me old as you are, you can't even count? You know, just like that, joking with him like that. And this is what he dropped on me, man. I never forgot it. He wasn't smiling. I never forgot it. 
He said, no, I can't count, but I can figure. In other words, he can walk in a room. He can walk in a room and and tell you the square footage of it. He can walk in anywhere. Do he and he don't do math like one plus one. He'll say that's an eighth of an inch, and it takes a quarter of an inch, and it's just by looking at it. So I'm like, okay, but then guess what? He's walking in his purpose. You know, so mm-hmm. education is not always necessary for purpose, but it can help it. It can't help mm. it. So, um, you know, so you talking about the kid, man, listen, uh, for the rest of our lives, somebody got to build something. And um, oh, that's something that everybody can't do, you know, as they, something that everybody can't do. So uh, got a great I need to out. out with Uncle Frankie then. Yeah, you 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 would be shocked, man. Miss Quick got a grave digger down here. This this guy is this is what he does for a living. And he told me he said, uh, you know, his daddy was a grave digger and his granddaddy was a grave digger, and he got mm. the equipment to dig the graves. And he told me he said, now at your church, he said I can do this thing right here in about thirty thirty five minutes. I can dig this grave, put the tent up. He told me everything he had to do. He said, but if I had to, he said, I can take on, on, because you're on sand land, I can dig this grave myself in about two and a half hours with a shovel, and it will be just as equal as everything else I was using. You know, he he has no other job. This is what he does. While he's there, the phone is constantly ringing. He's from North Carolina to South Carolina, and sometimes he digs seven graves a day. Now, let's let's just figure out the math. You know, the average grave when he's digging it is somewhere between five and a thousand, five hundred and a thousand dollars, usually around eight hundred dollars. Eight hundred dollars a day times seven graves. You do the math. You do the math. <laughs> this man is mm. this man is doing quite well. He got some quarter horses at his house. He's got a ranch, and he's a man in great demand. And and so this coronavirus has been real good for him. Real, real good. <laughs> So, I mean, that's bad to say. But, you know, I've never asked him, did he go to school? But guess what? Man, when I tell you that he found his purpose, now quick, let me kick you real quick on this thing. He found his purpose, and guess what? He became passionate about his purpose. Mm. My, my. Yeah, that's what he finally did. And so now he's just as, I mean, he take, he take, listen, man, he he has a little, a certain way you can go in our cemetery and he always slants his grave slightly. That's his signature, man. That's his. That's like you cutting a certain design in somebody's head, man. That's his. That's his thing. He just he slants it almost just a just a slight angle. You know it's his. So, man, you find your purpose in life, really, man. You know, it, um, becomes better to live. I guess you'll say it becomes more fulfilling. You know, it's it's funny that you that you say that because um, here here lately I've actually um, stopped cussing, and in order to really um, communicate with certain people, you have to be able to get in be able to get in everyone's ear, just for it to stick to one or two, and um, and it was due to obviously us and y'all and and this podcast, which made it mm-hmm. even better and more effective in the shop. The the topics and the lessons are still the same, just the verb is different. The 
The passion can still be the same, but the verbiage is different. So that, mm-hmm. although, as some would say, old as dirt, you can still mm. dig that, uh, no pun intended, for that purpose, for your purpose. Right. To better right. your purpose. Period. Mm. So I didn't go to school for it, but uh, <laughs> I'm still digging them grades or covering them up or <laughs> whatever the case may be. I got you. I got you. Mm. Well, well, what happened? Well, you know, it was we was we was having this. We saw this. Um, what was it, Miss Quick? Uh, was it the movie that brought it about? No, I think it was the conversation that you had had at work so, uh, with a young person a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, we uh, we're just trying to 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 see why your business. You know, it's still a hustle because you know you you're passionate, but it's not your purpose. And you got a lot of yes men or yes folk around you who won't uh, really tell you the truth. And because you're 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 lining up with your emotion and your passion, but you're not your spirit and your purpose. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So. That's it. God bless his purpose, but yeah, he don't always bless passion. Unless well, you no, have a passion. Also, so our passion we, be, we be back with some passion. You know, we, we we going out doing things and reacting off of our passion and our emotion. And that's nine times out of ten, not lining up with the will of God. <laughs> Man, I tell you, you're all over the Bible. I know that. But yes, sir, you're correct. You are correct, as far as I'm concerned. Wow. Oh, bro, I was remember I was in the streets a lot longer than I was uh, not cussing. So <laughs> I'm need to understand that a lot of times when I was moving, it wasn't in the will of God. <laughs> well, he was just so merciful that kept me through. Well, maybe you were this guy, man. I'm about to tell you about, and and you just changed your name. There's somebody in the Bible by the name of Samson, and he was born with a purpose. Oh. He was born. I mean, his his purpose was so strong. When he was born, God told his mom and dad, don't cut his hair. Don't let him have anything strong to drink. This guy had to be on point because he had a purpose. He was a defender. He was a he was that dude for the whole country, man. And uh, that's what his purpose was. The problem was he had a passion for women. And he kept going from woman to woman to woman to woman to woman to woman to woman. And, and all of a sudden he lost the ability to carry out his purpose. You know, his strength mm. to take was stripped from him, you know. And eventually God gave it back to him, but when he gave it back to him, it cost him his life. So, you know, that's that's just one of the stories in the Bible about, you know, your purpose. When you don't fulfill it, it can be taken from you. And that's exactly what happened to um, to Samson. He was born for on purpose and with a purpose, but he could not avoid his passion, you know, he was, his passion was so strong, he literally told his mom and dad, there's a woman down here, and he told how she looked and where she lived. He said, can y'all go get her for me? In other words, go buy her for me. And they would do it, yeah. you know. So you have enablers sometimes that will feed your passion, 
but will not push you towards your purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You saying something now? Right. Uh oh. Uh oh. No, go ahead. Don't stop, bro. Don't stop. You know. Yeah, you, you, you're I'm. I'm just telling you, it's out there like that, man. You got so many that, you know, they want you to be. Mom and daddy <laughs> want to make you happy sometimes, and mom and daddy want you to be like them. But you got to remember, mom and daddy didn't make you. And, you know, in the Bible, this is what it says. It's in the book of Jeremiah. This is for everybody that ever lived. He said, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you, and I ordained you to be something. You know, that's plain and simple. Before your mom and daddy even got to look at you, God said, I already knew what you were supposed to be. That's why I allowed you to come on the face of this earth, you know, and – but yet and still, we, we run into these enablers that will go ahead and tell us our purpose without knowing our purpose. And they will, mm-hmm. you know, uh, 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 really push us in the direction of doing something that they want us to do or, you know, just whatever. But use this far away from what God has ordained for us to do. And that's sad, man. That is just, that is so sad. So, so sad. You know, you know and, and we've been talking about sadness here lately, Pastor. And the thing mm-hmm. about it is, they don't know. They mm-hmm. don't know if they if they only knew that part. You know, mm-hmm. um, when you when you miss out on something, just knowing that you can be the catalyst to mm-hmm. having this ba- this kid, this baby, yeah. to be aligned with God's purpose. That's something. That's like going to watch your kid play a sport. For somebody who who don't who miss out on that, I feel sorry for them. Mm. So for you not to 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 pour into now, you don't have to because God already has. But if you don't, then you're going against God, right? Yes, exactly right. That's exactly I right. It's almost it's your duty. If I, I just I just believe that if God blesses you with a child, that's right. Which I mean, you know, just just being a woman and and the sheer ability to grow and deliver a human Somebody. is mm-hmm. you know a miracle all in itself. So I I just believe that if 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 God so sees that you, you know, sees that you are fit to do that and thinks enough of you to give mm-hmm. you a blessing, you know, how can you not pour into his seed? Because ultimately that's what it is. You know what I mean? Like how can you not, you know, for, forget? I mean, I'm not going to say for, forget a house and a car. I mean, okay, those are life necessities. you got to have somewhere to live and a way to get around and stuff. But, I mean, to have a child to be responsible mm. for, you know, for the rest mm. of your life or his or her life, you know, I think that it's, that's the least you could do is pour into them. I mean, is to to build them up and to, you know, like like from our oldest all the way down, you know, to the youngest, it's, it's you're handsome, you're, you know, you're so smart, you know, um, you're so fast or you did so good, you know what I mean? It's, that's the least that we could do. But, you know, I think a lot of times uh, what I find out with at least a lot of men, because 
oftentimes, not all the time, but oftentimes the women are there. But with a lot of the men, one of the reasons that they don't come and pour into their child's purpose is because the men haven't found theirs yet. And so they're so busy, Ooh, they're, they're busy out there mm-hmm. looking for theirs. And because they're still searching, you know, <laughs> they don't have time to help mm-hmm. the kids find theirs. And that, that's bad, mm-hmm. but that's a lot of times what it is, you know. The kids over there sagging and all that, and you look over at his dad, and his dad is sagging too, you know. It's, sagging too. You just don't, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Like what? You ain't found yours yet, man. You you ain't got your sea legs yet. What's up with you? But yeah, that's that's um, that's sad. That is absolutely sad to not watch a kid. I, mean, I don't care if he's holding the end of the bench up. You go over there and tell him, boy, you you look good in the uniform. Something you gotta be there. You, that's that's your that's your God ordained responsibility. The Bible said we're supposed to train them up, you know. We're supposed to support them. We're supposed whatever it takes, we, we need to be there, you know, as much as we can, you know, and, and encourage them and, you know, different things like that. So I don't know, man. It's just, um, as usual, y'all have come up with this, just this jewel of a uh, of a topic. It's amazing. It is. It is. It hits home. Um, when when you talk about you know parental duties and parental responsibilities, um, I believe sometimes our parents become envious or jealous of us, and that could play a part because um, maybe because you look like your daddy, or maybe because of whatever, to where. Something just don't um, They don't feel as though you're worthy Or maybe not even worthy But maybe It's it's something not clicking Right there So they don't bother to To go beyond And in the event that they do It's uh, A bill attached to it Or a reminder that I did this If it wasn't for me You know who knows where you'll be or what have you You know what I mean (laughs) Yeah, that's that's just insecurity right there, man. That's that's sad right there. Like I owe you something, you know. That's for doing for being a parent, like you were supposed to be. Yeah, really. That's that's um, wow. Yeah, that's that's really, really, really sad, man. You, mm, I would hate to have that mentality. I I really would. But quick, write this scripture down, man, and hold on to this thing because this will help you with your purpose. It says Romans 8 and verse 28. I was trying to remember what it uh, said, and, and I just looked it up. So, And it says that um, all things work together for the good of them that love God and to them, check this out, and to them that are called to his purpose. There it is right there. That's, mm. that's, when, you, when you're walking in your purpose, all things are going to work out. You can fall right. and get back up. You can lose it, but you'll gain it back. You know, God bless his purpose, man. And, and, you know, we just always say with that scripture, all things work together for the good. But the end of it says Uh to the one that is all according to his purpose. We leave the good part out, you know. Right. (laughs) You know, you got got to find that. You got to, man, everything that God made has a purpose. Everything in my house has a purpose. And if you've ever, I think I've told you about this before, um, 
my family, I, I come from a family of fix it. Folk, folk can work on cars, houses, uh, do electrical work, uh, cook, all kind of stuff. I ain't getting none of that stuff. I mean, I, I just didn't. I saw it all, and I can dabble in it, but I just didn't get all of that. So when something breaks in my house, usually I got to pay somebody. But now here's the good part, the, the, the part I want you to know about. It. If something breaks in my house, I don't have a lot of tools. I got a few. So, uh, you know, since I don't have a ladder, I use a chair. And since I don't have a hammer, you know, then what I'll do is I'll get the hardest thing I can find, and I use that. And so, in other words, a lot of times what you'll find out is when I use something, I don't fell off a mini a chair, and I shouldn't have fell off, but the chair was never meant to be a ladder, okay? Right. <laughs> I done I broke a lot of things because, you know what, that knife was never supposed to be a screwdriver. And so right. when I start using it, when I start using it for something other than its purpose, it fails me. It always fails mm-hmm. me. And it's the same way with people in our lives. If you don't know the purpose of the people in your life, my God, you're going to end up with heartache, headache, buttache, and all mm. the kind of aches. You know, mm. you know there's a reason why people are in your life. There's a reason. You shouldn't try to make somebody something that they're not. I'm, I'm not that dude. You look, if you, if you know, there's some dudes get get married, and the guy got married for uh, sex in a place that had a roof over his head. The girl thought she was getting Deacon Flapjack to go to church with her every Sunday and go sing Kumbaya and all that. That ain't who he is. <laughs> that's not who he is. You know, that's not that's not his purpose. I'm sorry. So, you know, we got to make sure that this purpose is throughout our lives, man. We got to make sure that um, everything is, we understand the reason for everything in our lives. You know, this phone was. You know, this phone is really. Yeah, somebody explained it to me, and I didn't ever think of it like, this is a computer I got in my hand. This ain't really a phone, you know. But I can mm-hmm. use it for crazy things. I can get on Blog Talk Radio on Tuesday nights, and, and it can be a blessing. So for me, part of the purpose of my phone is to is to do ministry and to try to help lives and to, um, you know, receive some strength from being on this line. So, you know, I find out the purpose of my phone, man, it, I, you know, if I use it for the wrong reasons, guess what? It's going to tear my life apart. But if I use it for the right mm-hmm. reason, then guess what? It will bless my life. So mm-hmm. you got to know the purpose, man. You got to know the purpose. And I think I think one of the biggest things, and I'm going to let Ms. Quick chime in on this, is not only knowing the purpose, but you got to actually live in your purpose. Yeah. I think it's okay to know, but yeah. to take it a step further, you got to live in that purpose. Because That's if right. you don't, um, I believe you're gonna you're gonna lose out, and that comfort isn't gonna be so comfortable, Miss Quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think you're both right. Like earlier, I, I had uh, I had you know said about you know having a job and and what I had aspired or what I thought I would be when I grew up. Um, I was in a job, not actually in that field, but you know, doing well until, again, it was like a, a brick hit me, and all of a sudden it was like, you know, your mom, your your purpose is your son. You know, so as soon as I started adjusting, you know, my life and, and looking for another job and different things so that my priority could be the focus, um, everything started changing. 
And, you know, and, and, and now <laughs> I'm a wife with three children, you know, um, and still gainfully employed at the, at the place that I left, you know, one job for. Um, but I'm walking in my purpose, you know, my purpose. And, and, and I think too, like you said, it's, it's about living in your purpose, but it's, it's also about accepting, right? Because like I can be in my purpose and I can be, you know, taking care of my family. And on the flip side of that, I haven't fully accepted it. Like I'm still pursuing, you know, um, the corporate ladder. I'm still pursuing that, that job that I was looking for 20 years ago, you know, I'm still running after things that I was, I, I wanted, right. Um, living in my purpose, but not fully accepting it. So in, I guess in essence, I'm still kind of holding myself back from truly fulfilling my purpose. And that, I think that creates um, struggle as well. Hold up, hold up. Wait a minute. Now, hold up, hold up. Mr. Quick, man, you got to be quiet for a minute. Cause she got a, she just she started I'm saying right. something, and <laughs> she started saying something, <laughs> and literally got to the point. I called my wife. I I don't I don't bring her in here to hear anything. I'm usually when I'm talking with y'all, I'm on my knees, man. Just I mean, I'm not praying. That's just just how I like to hang out. But anyway, I called her back here, Miss Quick. I need you to go back and and, and just just kind of you ain't got to say it the same way, but you talked about what your purpose was and what you pursued and, you know, you got three children now and all that. And then I'm going to tell you something because I want my wife to hear it and y'all going to help us get out of a rut tonight. All right, quick. That all right? Hey, brother. Okay. <laughs> all right, Miss Quick, go ahead. So you want me to talk about when the job that I have? Yeah. So okay, so so I was working at this job and I was twenty six and I was obviously a new mom at this point. Um and I worked the job for six years, but in this job it was it wasn't in my field, but it was everything I I wanted. It was the ability to move up the corporate ladder and make lots of money fast. Um, but it came with a sacrifice. So I, I would have worked twelve hour days and um I had to be away from my son most of the time. And then like six years later, five, six years later, where he was about to go to kindergarten, um, in pray I was in prayer, obviously, and, and growing spiritually. And it, one day it just, you know, just hit me. It was like, your your purpose is, is your mom. You know, like for, forget the, the corporate ladder, you know, and you are a mom. So this is your purpose. And once I accepted that I I had looked um, and it was funny because, you know, before my purpose was revealed, I was trying to get another job and not, I was actually just talking to customers that came in and um, the job that I have now, 10 years later, is the same job that I applied for. Um, again, at this, the point that I applied for it, I wasn't aware of my purpose, right? Um Three months later, in in prayer and trying to figure out what it was I was supposed to be doing, the the opportunity came back up. And this time, instead of me looking for the job, the job called me. And you know, it was you know, the offer's still on the table if if you're willing to accept. Absolutely. And so after that, 
Um, it was nine to, nine to five job. Didn't have to work, you know, after hours or on weekends. And as here I am, ten years later, at the same company that actually relocated me here eight years ago, where I met my husband, and now we got three, not just one. And I've never, I've, I've, I've never looked back. <clears throat> Listen, the reason reason that I bring it up is, you know, you talk about purpose, you talk about passion. Um, Crazy because if all of us, and I'm talking about me, my wife, you, uh, Mr. Quick, everybody, if all of us would would fully embrace our purpose, we we won't fully embrace it. We won't fully, we, we just won't. And we you know, and I think that God can't fully pour out on us because we won't fully just embrace it. We'll just we'll hold on to that thing that we want. Does that make sense? Truly committed to you. Go ahead. That's the first thing that came to my spirit. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no. My wife is sitting here. She's sitting here listening right now. Listen, y'all. My wife is working. She's a teacher. She's a great teacher, or whatever. Um, but I wonder, and I'm going to let her talk. I'm not even looking at it. I just want to see what she would say. But I wonder what would happen in our life if she would just come home, be that wife, be that mother, and she'd still teach, but teach it not for someone else, but teach however God ordains. I mean, if it's students coming to the house, if it's just her own children, oh, oh. I wonder what would happen. Because, see, right oh, now, really? the way we're doing it, it looks like, Okay, we gotta have her income, and we do. We have to have her income, but I'm putting her life at risk, you know, by teaching because uh, the school is, you know, got some coronavirus cases in it and things of that nature. I wonder what would happen if we completely sell out. What do y'all think, Pastor? Pastor, can I, can I, I'm, I, Miss Quick, I'm sorry, I got to jump on this. <laughs> I got to jump on this, Pastor. What you don't know is I actually taught school, right? I was certified school teacher. I I taught middle school. Yeah, I was a math teacher. Keep talking, man. And it was, my point is this. I'm still teaching. I'm just not in anyone's classroom. The gift to teach is there. I also can teach cutting hair. I'll teach hair. The gift of teaching is, is just that, a gift. You don't have to be in a classroom to be a teacher. Mm. R- right now, you can teach online. You're still a teacher, but you're just doing it virtually. And you're doing it safely. So, again, getting, going into the purpose Although one of my purpose, well, my purpose could be teaching, but my classroom could be the barbershop or it could right. be the podcast. Right. You, you see what I mean? Right. So, again, right. it's still the purpose. But now you're, you're out a little bit. When you, when you, when you let it, when you let it all go or you lost it all, whatever whatever happened or whatever, and you 
fully engaged in your profession. You know, I know you're still teaching in a sense, but you fully engaged in your profession. Did did life turn for you? Did it get better? Did did it? How did things go? Life life got much better because one thing about me, I'm not I'm not in the into politics, and when I'm me not being in the politics, teaching in the scholastic system is very political. It's a very political realm, and I refuse. I'm not gonna say I refuse, but I, I, I it's not. I, I don't feel like I'll be a good person, especially a parent, when um, I got to play politics versus doing what's in the best interest of the student or other students. You follow me? So it was best that I remove myself and go to my classroom, if you will. And now I can impact students of, 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 of various ages. Okay, as far as your stress level, uh, well, let me say it like this, mentally, uh, socially, financially, physically, did it get better for you walking in your – you and this quick, did it get better for you all once you just embrace, you know, your purpose? It, I'm going to say, yeah, because so from, from – I, I always have, have had a studious mentality. Um, and of course, in order to be a good teacher, you got to be a, a great student. Um, I started learning physical and, and personal training, bodybuilding, all that kind of stuff. So a lot of my students, I would still run across, and I would still have just the same, or if not more, I'm sorry, I would have more impact, or if not just the same, on them, just in a different venue, and it spilled out into the to the community to where. Everybody who saw me, the parents included, was like, hey, you know, we missed you over here. And then it was like, well, you teach my son more over here because now you can actually talk to him about the things that he can relate to versus the curriculum that academia put in place. Hmm. So financially, <laughs> it, it did more. It was, it was less stressful. Um, and even – it pushed me over into this realm to to a larger uh, classroom for the sake of this conversation. And again, still less stress. Uh, we don't worry or want for anything, and it allows me to to bring people from the streets to the pulpit. She's listening, and I'm listening. I'm, this is, uh, you know, we were talking about it, and then when Miss Quick said what she said, it just kind of struck a chord, you know, to know that after all that time, she found out she was supposed to be, you know, a mother. Um, that's that's. I think that happens. A lot of people just, you know, leave the earth without ever knowing their purpose, and then. Some of us, we find out later in life, and then some of us find out that we don't want to walk in it. Don't think we can be successful the way God wants us to be if we're not walking fully in in our purpose. I mean, um, where, where I am right now, part of my purpose is, you know, I know what my purpose is, but I was, I was um, 
selective as to where I wanted to walk in my purpose. And the one place I did not, the one, the one place, you, you could send me to the backside of hell before you sent me to this place. My wife told me this uh, 20-some-odd years ago about coming here. Let's go there and buy some land. Let's go there. And I, I probably cussed her. I don't remember what I said, but it, was, it wasn't nice. And so all I'm saying is after all those years, now I'm here. And probably, this has probably been the most prosperous stretch, I guess you would say. Um, so I was, I was fulfilling my purpose, but it was where I was doing it at, if that makes any sense whatsoever. I was, mm-hmm. you know, I was doing what God wanted me to do, but I wasn't doing it necessarily where, where? He wanted me to do it, and and that that played in the thing too. So you know, like even here with my wife, okay. She's got the gift of teaching, but she told me a long time ago she's supposed to be a mother in Zion, and she can have, mm-hmm. you know, everything that we've got going on at our church right now, to be honest with you, as far as children are concerned. Um, yeah, I must admit, yeah, the Lord spoke to me and, and gave me the idea, but she's the one that implemented it, the children's church. Everything that we're doing, uh, I would take her and say, listen, this is what I want to do. She would go and do it, get it established, and we turn it over to somebody else. And so the other people that are walking, you know, she's that foundation, and they're walking on her shoulders, if you will. And oh, so, goodness. you know, so now here we are. She's, uh, you know, it was spoken a long time ago. Y'all gonna be trailblazers. Y'all gonna later, later thing. And so now here we are. We're at the school, and uh, it's benefiting the school. It's benefiting the kids. It really is, but you know, I don't know. I don't know how far to go with. Let me let me just. I don't mean I don't mean to cut you off, but I wanna I I wanna chime in real quick. Um, My husband spoke to you from a teacher's perspective, which is which is what she is. Um, Your wife is so so that uh, a great insight. So for me, as a mother, which is also what she is. Like, first, I never even thought I would have children. Like, when I had this whole big outlook of what I was going to be, I always figured I'd be the most successful financially. I'd have the biggest house. I'd have the nicest car. And that was it. It was never, I never considered a husband. I never considered children, right? So for me, um, a corporate ladder was was 110% where I was going to go. That was my passion. Um, and in that, like uh, while I was while I was in my passion, um, after having had my first child, and then through again through prayer and spiritual growth is where it was revealed to me that okay, he is your purpose, right? So. Once that light bulb came on and, and I, you know, switched jobs, and this career, this job that I have, it's the same job that, that God gave me 10 years ago. This is the same job that moved me here to meet my husband. This is the same job that, again, I have right now. You can ask my husband, year after year, I survive. Don't know how, but I survive cuts. I survive you know, like they always restructure. I survived restructure. I've had, in the 10 years, I've probably had 10 different supervisors, okay? So every time something moves, 
I'm still a constant. Um, and that's because God gave it to me. But there's never been one moment um, or one day that I've woken up and not put my husband and my kids first. And even like now I don't go to an office. So just, just to show you, when you ask, have we lacked any or, or, or have we been blessed? I don't go into an office. I used to drive, what was it, husband, an hour and a half, almost two hours to work each day after, you know, mm-hmm. dropping the kid off at school. And then my husband would pick him up and, you know, go to go back to work. And, um, and then we had another baby <laughs> and another baby. I don't go into an office no more. I wake up. I log in. I make lunches for my family. Sometimes I get breakfast done, take everybody to school, come back. If my husband is off, I make him breakfast. At work, I go and I pick our kids up by 3 o'clock. I come back. They eat a snack. We work. At 5 o'clock, I'm done. I don't log back on the computer. I don't think about work. I don't have to answer a phone. My phone doesn't ring. Family doesn't even call me. That's how peaceful it, my my life is, but not only that, um, we haven't we haven't lost anything. See, so so when and and then even right, it's it's more freedom. And and then even in that, like we're able to do stuff. You know, when when my husband is off, on those days that he's off, we take it. We're able to take advantage of you know early days, the five o'clock days when you get off at five o'clock and things. So. Has has God blessed me for making or for acknowledging and accepting being a mom and a wife first? Absolutely, absolutely. And I wouldn't I wouldn't change it for anything in the world. Like I told, we were talking the other night, and I have my real estate license, and um, and I thought, you know, like this is something you know I want to do. And don't get me wrong, I love looking at, at at homes and consulting and um but going into real estate sacrifices my family again because it puts me in a position where not only am I working during the weekdays um on my regular job but then I, I gotta give up a Saturday and a Sunday. So not only is my husband at work but I'm working away from the kids. So it's for me. It's a no-brainer. Well, real estate gotta go. I'll do it um, from time to time, but my priority is to be at home with my family to make sure that whatever needs to be done here first is done. No, Pastor. Yes, sir. No, me, me and Miss Quick was talking the other night. We do a lot of talking, so you don't know. And what, and based on what you just said, it, it, it kind of sparked something in me. Um, because we know the importance of our children at daycare, the advantages that they 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 have, the the advancements that they've made as far as learning. What if you opened up one at church? Because me and Miss Quick have already committed. In our minds, and we've confessed to the Lord that Miss Quick, go ahead and finish the rest about the, the center. The the youth center. Yes. 
Well, Lord willing and the creek don't rise, we'd like to contribute toward a youth center. Well, Somehow. Don't know it, how. It, it, but, I mean, honestly, oh, well, I'm just sitting here right now telling you. You know, we don't know how. But but what what we've discussed, quite frankly, is this, is that, you know, you talk about, you know, putting a youth center there and, and the church owns, a, you know, I know the church owns the lot and a lot of ground. So, you know, at, I, again, don't know how, but we we've already said, you know, we it'd be nice if we could if we could you know just do that somehow. I don't know if we send our four year old to build it or what, but I mean <laughs> it'd be nice if we could just put it there, you know. And um, but but and that's what we'd like to do. Now again, on the flip side of that is like you said, you know, when you look at childcare, our children and the, through the pandemic, our our little ones have still been in daycare and. and um, they do the screening and everything, and, and God has blessed them and us not to be um, affected by the COVID-19. Um, and we're teaching them everything, sanitizing and washing hands and different things like that. Um, and their normalcy hasn't suffered from it. So, you know, when you talk about your wife, being a teacher, you know, you think about, you know, the, the people there who need affordable and quality childcare just there locally. I mean, uh, we're paying strangers right now to take care of our kids. You think about what it would be if I could bring my children to your wife. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I would, you know, like, shh. I would not only fix my kids' lunches, I'd bring the whole, all the kids' lunches. You know, if I could bring them to her, shoot, what you well, need? Like, you need lunches? I, you know, um, but to have someone of your wife's quality and ability um, just to be taking care of my kids, like, while I can I can work and be productive, it, it and teaching would them be at the same time. And teaching them at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. It would be mind-blowing. I would hate to think, honestly, how many kids have come through, and I'm talking about teaching them how to read, how to write. How, I'm talking about from, I'm talking about young, young, young children. I'm not talking about no seven, eight years old. I'm talking about four-year-old, five-year-old kids, you know, little young kids. I'm talking about writing in cursive. I'm talking about... You know, she's had that skill forever, and uh, now she teach, can teach older kids. She's taught high school, um, uh, middle school, but the thing about it is it, that that is, a, for me personally, and I'm going to let her talk, but now that's a desire of mine to do that. My church doesn't have the, the, the heart for it. We do it every Wednesday or before the pandemic. We're doing it every Wednesday, picking the kids up, teaching them. Uh, you know, we had retired cafeteria workers in there. They were feeding them. And, uh, you know, we've got the drawings for a building, but they just don't have the mind to say, let's go for it. They just they just say, I don't know, they got too many questions and they're wasting time. As far as my wife is concerned, she's like, let's go, because um, that's what God told her. You're going to be a mother in Zion. And that's what a mother in Zion does. She teaches children 
in the way that they should go, not just, you know, reading, writing, arithmetic, but, you know, life lessons. She's going to make sure that they're uh-huh. taken care of. You know, I we run into kids from time to time, and they still run up. Miss Robinson, and they're hugging her and grabbing her, and they still have not forgotten and uh, things of that nature. So she's just sitting here listening because it's hard to have all this gifting, this talent, and to know that that is a purpose, but using it in a place that, you know, don't necessarily appreciate it and definitely don't compensate her. Uh, no teachers are compensated for what they do. And then at the mm-hmm. same time, having her own children here and and also God helped me a husband, you know, that's in uh, ministry. So she, she she's still needed here. But uh, we've talked about starting a, I don't even know what you call it, a daycare, a, 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 a school. We've talked about this forever, but we just don't, hadn't gotten to that point to be able to do it yet. So anyway, I'm going to let her talk a little bit, y'all, and I'm going to shut up. So here you go. Well, first of all, hello, and uh, it's good to hear y'all's voices. And um, this is hard for me to do because I I don't know where to start. My and and I'm just gonna just jump in because if I this is one of those things when I started, we could be on the phone talking till this time tomorrow, and I still wouldn't be finished. Take your time. Take your time. Uh, but, you know, it's just the one thing that me and my husband had a conversation about just recently, we were talking to some other people. The thing that upsets me the most is that um, I, I teach at a private school, and the curriculum that they laid out for the private school is totally different from the curriculum that is available in the public school. Mm. And um, they pay for it at the private school, so they get it. It's still available. Anybody can pay for it. It doesn't matter who does it, and you can learn from it. And it's not difficult. It's not impossible to learn or anything like that. But it's just amazing how, well, I was just, summarize about this. There was a third grade teacher that I had her little boy in my class. She was taking the material that I was teaching him in K-4 and using it in the third grade. Um, mm-hmm. She would take worksheets home and she would mimic them. Nothing wrong with it that, that third grade class learned, but there was things that I was teaching her four-year-old that she was like, hey, I can use this in my third grade class, and we're actually doing this, and it's helping my students learn how to read. Of course, she got a promotion and all of you know, based on what she was doing. And, again, the children learned. Am I glad the children learned? Yes, I am. Um, But then you feel raped, if you understand what I Mm -hmm. mean. You can take what I'm doing and go and bless other people and get paid for it, but I'm being treated like trash, you know. Um, mm-hmm. It's getting, but it's not benefiting my family on the flip side, you know, because I'm still coming in. I'm done. I'm tired at the end of the day because I have given out all of myself, and then my family needs me, and they're getting the leftovers. Um, 
And Monica, it's funny that you uh, said that. I'm sorry to use your first name this quick, uh, respectfully. Um, you know, it's just you go through phases because it's like I've, I've done the at-home thing when my children were smaller, um, and then we had another set that was small, and I went back to work, and I was with the older ones but because my husband was able to be with the smaller We've done all these different things, all these different scenarios. Uh, But the point that I was trying to make initially was that, you know, there's a system out there now that says that if a child is a third grader and they cannot read, they start building prisons for them. And Mm -hmm. that's more than anything else. And it's like, you know, and it's set up because now the system is where, when children walk into kindergarten, it's not kindergarten that we knew where we were learning our alphabet, where we were being taught how to uh, put letters and things together. You know, uh, we didn't do that in kindergarten. That was basically a first grade thing. So everything that you did in first grade, you're expected to already know how to do that when you walk through the door at kindergarten. So they're not Mm -hmm. teaching the children how to read, how to know their letters and whatnot. Um, I had this one little black boy. They brought him in because this is a predominantly school, white school, um, not by just saying that you, the black people can't come, but you got to pay for it. So they can't afford to always do that, okay? Um, and, and then those that can't afford it, they don't value it enough to say, I'm going to pay for this and get what I need for my child. I'll just take them and put them in the free side. Well, the free side teaches you your shapes. The paid-for side for 4K teaches you how to read before you leave 4K. And that is a significant difference um, between the child knowing their letters, knowing the sounds that they make, uh, how to put those sounds together, make a blend, put those blends together and make a word, put those words together and make a sentence. And you're doing that at four years old. I was writing sentences on a board. The children would sit down on the floor, and we would read the sentence together, and we were reading through books. Mm-hmm. Four-year-olds, four-year-olds, okay? And um, I'm certified through the private sector, but I'm not certified through the public sector. So you mean to tell me that with the certification that I have, I can do that, but you can't? You know, there's something to that. There's something behind that. And um, you don't want them to know how to read. But you can't convince people that there's a system in place that's against them and it's setting them up to fail. That's just, you Mm -hmm. know, you're just screaming it from the rooftops and people don't want to hear it. Uh, This is good enough for me. They learned more than I learned when I was in school. Well, yeah. Um, you know, the first cell phone looked like a brick. <laughs> the first computer looked like a spaceship. Now you mm-hmm. got one that's holding your hand, you know. So things have changed. So the education that you got, yes, this is much more advanced, but you're still behind. And they don't realize it until they're in the 12th grade and they've graduated and now you're working at Family Dollar and now you're working at Burger King, now you're working at McDonald's, you're working at Food Lion, and Lord knows none of those places, nothing wrong with all those places, but until that's your only option. 
And once that's your only option, you have nowhere else to go because you don't have the education to take you any further and you don't have the mindset to understand that this is not going to be the end because you've got another thousand set of students who are coming out behind you who need the same jobs that you have. And, oh, by the way, you're fighting for the same jobs in the same community that your grandparents and grandmothers and aunts and uncles are hanging on to as well. Mm-hmm. So there's just no job. And then <laughs> with nothing else to do, they're creating more and more children because they go find something to do. And it's just this vicious cycle that people are in um, mm-hmm. with just nowhere to turn. And then here we are. Um, say it, be real, scared to step out. Because that's what it boils down to, just scared and tired. And getting older, you know what I mean? It's a combination mm-hmm. of things and um, just the level of frustration uh, and dissatisfaction. I, I don't think I've ever been more dissatisfied in my life. I, it just is like I'm not happy at home. I'm not happy at work. I'm not happy with my children. I'm not happy with myself um, right now. There's just this discontentment all throughout. Because I and I and I know it's, it's when when my husband called me in here, I was like, mm 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 mm, this ain't the right time because I just you know, yeah, you know, I ain't in the right spirit for no no conversation. I ain't, I ain't got my pretty shoes on. You understand what I'm saying? I got my toenails mm-hmm. out tonight. You know, I'm I'm, I'm being real now. Okay, it's, it's late. About time to go to bed at this point because you don't hit that part that 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 spot you know it's like Mm-mm, you just need to go on and go to sleep <laughs> you know like if mm-hmm. everybody has to sleep it off you know and just start all over in the morning you know I ain't drunk I ain't never been drunk but I know what I'm talking about I've seen it I know sometimes you just have to sleep it off but you know it's just a lot on my heart and um. You want things for people that they don't want for themselves, but you know you have to give it to them and give it to them in small doses. Um, There was the class that I teach is a sixth-grade class now. There's a fifth-grade class that is coming up right behind them, and the majority of those fifth-graders was my first K-4 class that I taught over at that school. They're not four and five anymore. They're 10 mm-hmm. and 11. And I'm looking at them, and I'm looking at the the quality of work that they deliver, and I know where it started. When they mm-hmm. walk through the door, they're like, you've always been my favorite teacher. I'm so glad to see you again. Um there's just an excitement in the building, and and I don't see them much. I don't spend a lot of time with them because they're with their teacher, but they're looking at me, and they're like, and there's something in my spirit that's just letting me know you're getting a chance to watch them, but you may not ever get a chance to teach them again because there's just a movement that's coming, and I feel it. Mm-hmm. I sense it. I see it. I don't know which way God is directing me to go with it right now because he didn't say go. Because trust me, I keep saying, can I leave? And he keeps saying, no, (laughs) not yet. 
and I'm waiting. I'm being obedient, but I'm struggling. And that's just real. All right, y'all just heard uh, everything we talking about about purpose and all of that. Y'all just heard it in a whole nutshell. Because when you tie God into all of that, you just heard, you know, um, you just heard, yeah, you just heard somebody's heart is just bleeding because it's like I got this, I know my purpose and I got the passion for it, but I'm using it and it's helping folk, but it's not helping me. It's not not benefiting me and I'm I'm gaining on one side and losing on the other. You know, I'm I'm helping your house but I'm hurting my house or whatever. So mm-hmm. you know, that's the daily thing for our daily, weekly uh, thing in our household. You know, and so when y'all had that topic tonight, uh that just hit that just that's why I said that that hit home right there. We both know our purpose and don't have a problem walking in it. But when you have people that don't uh, take advantage of it or uh, or whatever. You know, when you find your purpose and you walk in it, I think you should be content. You should be happy. You should you should have, you know, joy and peace and, and all those things. And that's something that, that's missing um, around here. So I just wanted her to chime in and let y'all hear, <laughs> you know, what, what I hear. And y'all pray for her. Pray for us. But yeah, definitely pray for her because it's uh, – I mean, if you can imagine taking some kids at four years old, teaching them to read and write, they got that foundation under them, and now that class is all the way up to the fifth grade, and she's watching them. They're, they're prospering and all that because they got the foundation under them, and all so, the other teachers are benefiting because so, of it, and, yeah. <laughs> you know. And, yes, sir. Is she, is she still beside you? Yeah, she's still here. Okay. I'm, I'm going to say this, and um, I don't know if she's going to speak or if she can hear me, but I just want to, you know, a quick a quick case and a quick example. Um, your purpose is to teach. Your purpose is to be a mother. But your purpose may not necessarily be in that, to dig in that field. Case in point, um, your husband, who I love dearly, um, got me where I'm at right now. Not actually in the field, but because we weren't able to go into the field via Zoom and via uh, podcast and so on and so forth. So you can still fulfill your purpose. It just may not necessarily be in that particular venue. When it's uh, done, he's going to make a way for it. And then that's why she said that I, I think she's she's okay with hearing that. But there was one part that you didn't hear her say, I think. She said she's scared. She's afraid. Just like stepping out on that nothing over there, that you know, that big old pile of nothing yeah. over there. You step on that, boy, it's just, it's almost like the point of no return. And let me, for for that, like, I agree. I agree with my husband. But let me tell you, first of all, let me just tell you what I heard. What I heard her say, I did hear her say she was scared. But what I also heard was she has certification, she has tools, she has the know-how to teach children to read and write, and some in at four. What I also heard was is that the parents, their mindset is not where 
they understand that this is needed. Okay. Right. So, all right. Now, what I know you have, you got a church. What I know churches have, churches offer daycare. They offer preschool. So, oh. mm-hmm. in my mind, in my mind, here's what I see. I see the church with a head, which is you, and the church with a school and the head of mm-hmm. the school, which is your wife. Mm-hmm. You have certification. Yeah. So for me, it's about going online, seeing how the church can start a daycare. You got qualified teachers, retired, some in the family, who can go back to work. You have mm-hmm. children's church with parents who trust you with their children. You have parents who got to go to work. So in my mind, I see a school. Now, I heard her say scared, but here's what I got for that. Even in your fear, walk. I did. Don't leave that. Even in your fear, walk. It's like learning to swim. I'm afraid to swim because I'm, you know, like, I don't want to drown. But guess what? When you take that first stroke, what happens? And then you take the second one. What happens? But then when you get too tired, you have the ability to do what? Float. So all I'm saying is I heard all the tools. And the greatest thing about teaching children and having what you guys have, both a place and the ability to open a daycare, You don't have to change the minds of parents because they're not going to sit in your classroom. You know, like, unless unless I go to the school, I don't know what Michael's learning. I don't know what my littlest ones are learning unless they bring – Mason brings home homework. Okay, he's four. Okay, Mm -hmm. so I don't know what they're learning unless I go to the class. But I sit here and I do their homework. So the greatest thing about – like the parents is you don't have to change your mind. You have to teach your child. You see what I'm saying? And and so they may say, well, yeah, this is good enough for, you know, I'm not going to pay for private school. Well, that's fine. They may not have to pay for private school because you guys have the ability where you can start that. Probably at, you can take daycare vouchers. Some of them get government assistance. I would either look into it or employ someone who's smart enough to look into it and say, what do we got to do to open up a preschool? Well, because I can tell yeah. you on day one, on day one, at least all those children in children's church will be there. Yeah. At yeah, least they those, will be there. Everything you just said, all those pieces are, they're slowly coming around to it. They've purchased the, the land for it. Uh, we've got, I, honestly, we've got, Pretty close to ten teachers in that in that uh, in the in our in our church, and we've got um, coaches in there, folk that have coached, you know, uh, varsity sports. We've got um, one lady that learned from my wife, and she's running a daycare at the school right now, uh, and mm-hmm. getting paid handsomely for it. Uh, my wife mm-hmm. is the one who showed her how to do it. And uh, she's running my children's church also. 
So the pieces are there. It's just the, the people got to have the mind enough to say, look, let's no. let's move forward. We can do it. So we're so, waiting on them to say, oh, Lord. okay, let's do it. You know, whereas the Lord blessed me with the land, uh, we got the mind to do it. But, um, you know, so we're just kind of waiting on the church right now because, yes, they do have the pieces. And, again, every single Wednesday for the last three, I think it's three years, um, We've been opera basically operating a school on Wednesdays, and the only thing that I've done is taken uh, what my wife has been teaching, and I will teach it to these kids, and they're in the public school, and they're flourishing. So mm-hmm. if I can get the church on board, um, that would be great. But I don't know when they're gonna come around. I just I don't Start know. Small. Got... Oh, wait, wait, you, wait, you wait. Know, just, see, just you um. It, it's not about. I'm hearing you what you're saying because um, what they what they offer in town um, is basically a half day daycare, a K four program. Okay, and um, when I went to kindergarten, we had half day programs and we had a morning school and an afternoon school, mm-hmm. okay? So you went from, say, 8 to 12, and then the next group came in, I guess, from uh, or probably 8 to 11 and maybe 1 to 3, something like that. Um, I can mm-hmm. tell you for a fact, when we did K-4, we would start at about 8.30 in the morning with the actual lesson, uh, and then we would go to about 11.30 that's when they would do lunch or 11 o'clock, sometimes earlier than that. So basically it's just about a t- two hours that we were teaching, and then, you know, you eat food, you go outside and play. Then we would literally mm-hmm. have nap time, okay? You take your kids home and nap, which means that we can bring more kids in. Why am I saying mm-hmm. that? Because in town they have a certain number of children that fit in the K-4 program. Then they close it out, mm-hmm. Okay. So it's like, okay, the ones that aren't getting the program, how can we legally set it up where we can teach them? Uh, Like you said, if not getting the daycare vouchers, can the church afford some type of uh, way to take care of the people that are coming, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, where donations are given earmarked towards that situation. Now, I could be wise enough where, you know, financially the the blessing and when you don't make a lot of money is it's easy to replace what you got. So mm-hmm. um make a lot of money right now. So replacing what I'm making, um, if it's not costing me as much then I can there's a savings. You understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. I can get what I, I'm making back in a different way. Like, okay, instead of getting it all back financially speaking, what if I'm saving it because I'm not spending out anything? Mm-hmm. And that makes sense. because I'm home, I'm buying things that are on sale because I can get to the grocery store before. Or, you understand what I mean? It's just it's just ways of doing it. It, it there is a way to get it done, and um, um. The one thing that I heard is funny. The other day I was listening to the radio, and um, the lady said, 
it was National Butt Kicking Day. And I, I laughed when I heard it because I knew in my heart what she was talking about. And she said, you know, see, this is not when you go out and kick somebody else's butt. This is when you kick yourself in the butt and say, okay, let me finish strong this year. And let me not just say, okay, let me just cruise on out to 2021. What do I need to do to make 2020 end strong for myself? What do I need to Mm -hmm. kick myself in the butt about to get ready for the next phase? Mm. Uh, as I go through the end of this year, and uh, mm-hmm. so I, I just got my kick. If you understand what I'm saying, because oh, yeah. it's just this is this has been more motivation for me than I've had in a long time. Because you know, the planning and getting it all together, uh, God gives the vision first. Mm-hmm. God gives the vision first, and uh, He'll provide. The students, because they're coming, they're coming. Yeah. With COVID going in this area, everybody, yeah, it's coming. It's available, and see, you can't stop anything from happening virtually either. Absolutely, really can't Absolutely. do that. That doesn't even count. Right, and if they're not in school, because you said they couldn't come, but they learn anyway, because I'm a teacher and I taught them. The mission mm-hmm. accomplished. So, and, and all you got to do is help one child, and 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 they come a running. Yeah. Yes, sir. Now, I opened up opened up a barber shop when I was uh, back in Tampa, and it was actually a mock shop. I had op- bought a shed, and it was in the hood, yeah. and it was twenty two feet deep, uh, 10 feet wide, 8 feet tall. And the only thing I was really tripping, I had clientele still, but I was really tripping, but it came to me that if you build it, they will come. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, but I'm going to step. And God knows yeah. I step. And when I stepped, everybody came to the point where other shops were trying to buy me out because I was doing just that well. And yeah. I know for a fact, I know for a fact that this, the fear is there. But God don't give us the spirit of fear. I know I'm preaching to the choir. I'm teaching the choir, however you want to say it. But mm-hmm. I just want to let you know you can do it. All you got to do is just take the first step and do it. I have seen it done. That's the only reason why I'm telling you I have seen it done. Yeah, it's yeah. happened to me. And I'll be real with you. I ain't going to play no, I ain't going to hold nothing back. It's the money. Because it's like, okay, if I step out, I ain't got no money coming in. And we got to yeah. play yeah. with it. I'm just I'm just being straight up real. And um, my husband can tell you uh, the one thing that me and him uh, cannot discuss as to calm civilized people is how we handle money. Mm-hmm. We we can't talk about it. We we just that, that area. We we uh, you hear him? See, we we can't we can't discuss it because it's it's a faith walk. Um, you know, I I watched my parents separate. We lived in Indiana 
and I started school in Indiana and Gary. Uh, we had a house. We had um, we was right by the train. My grandmother lived in Chicago. She used to come on the train, like literally. We she could walk from the train to our house, okay? Because um, we were in the city. Um, started going to school there. My brother was in the third grade there in Indiana. My oldest brother had a little baby brother at the time. Parents married. You know, we had moved from an apartment. We eventually got a house. And um nice house. It uh, wasn't two-story. And then we had a nice basement area. had an upstairs or were a living quarters. And then I guess what she said, a basement. Nice area. Well, when my parents separated, my mom went back home with her mother. Um, and we moved in with my uncle, which was her brother. And um, from there, we went to the projects. Now, Darren has gone home with me, so he's seen all of this. And from the projects, my mom eventually, about age 12 for me, she moved into the next phase of the projects, which were the government home uh, that they built, which was basically in the hood, but it wasn't the hood because we didn't know it was the hood because that's where we all lived. But it was mm-hmm. only only blacks um, that lived there. And, again, nothing wrong with that because we was black. We all lived together. But, basically, they had more people to put in the projects. We didn't know that at the time. So as they needed the projects, they moved us to a new style of projects where they could pay a mortgage and get money, mm. but you at least got a chance to design your own house, pick out your carpet, you know, that type of thing. Now, it wasn't no carpet worth having, <laughs> but it was your carpet. We picked it all out. Mm-hmm. And we all had our bedrooms, and, you know, if you had roaches, they was your roaches because you had them. They wasn't roaches because you had roaches from next door at your neighbor's house, okay? Because in the project, that's how it is. If they got mm-hmm. roaches next door or down the street, they just travel to the project. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. um, I watched my mama struggle. I watched my mama struggle. And uh, so would you talk about a corporate ladder, honey? I built the one that you climbed, Okay. I built it because uh, there wasn't no way in the world the system was going down again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's just this thing in me that rises up when it comes to finances. And to see where we are right now, there's just this thing that's happening with a sister. And and, and it's, it's real. It's real. But, but God. Oh, but God, right. it yeah. will. Yeah. It is well, but I'm telling yeah. you. Oh yeah, you know I pay attention now. Um, oh, I know. That's my that's my insecurity as well. And my wife will tell you my I job. will work. I will work sun up, sun down, seven days a week, twenty twenty eight hours a day to make sure that yeah. we don't go back in that direction. You've seen myself. I'm definitely not taking my family. I, I get yeah. that. I do. I do. My sister, with all due respect, I get that. Well, that's how she feels. That's how she felt. And we can't discuss money because I'm saying 
have faith, and she has an accounting degree. And she's like, it don't make sense. You know, I trust God and all that, but God don't want me to struggle. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an ongoing battle, ongoing fight. And so, but I just wanted her to get on here tonight. I wanted her to hear, you know, like I said, we were talking about purpose and passion, and and uh, you know, she's she knows her purpose and she has a passion about teaching. She's, I mean, anybody down here would tell you that nobody don't try to hide it. They know she's the best that this area has. Bar none, it's not even close. You know, but it's just the idea of, of where we are and, you know, where we're going to go from here, I guess you would say. So it's it's difficult. So y'all pray for us, man. That's all I ask for y'all to do. And uh, speaking of purpose, I got to go fulfill mine right now. See, that's part of the thing right here. You start helping her, then I got to stop and go help some, some more folk. You know, I got to I gotta do what I do. And, uh of course, she's right there supporting me the entire time. So um, it's difficult. It's a it's a faith walk, but you know, um, you know, this is what we got. Yeah, oh man, God, it's always a tug of war. It's never uh, it's never easy street, man. It's always a a tug of war. I mean, constantly. That's the way it is. She she come in the house, and you know, the kids uh, need some help. But dinner has to be. Uh, prepared, uh, you know. You thank God for COVID in a sense because I don't have to go as much as I was going. So, you know. Um, but you know, again, I just wanted to add to the discussion tonight. I wanted you know, y'all to hear that and uh, and uh, all of that because I know I know how quick he is. I know what he's always said. How he about kill himself to keep his family from going to the hood. He that ain't happening with him. He no sir. Himself, and that's the mentality that my wife has. Now I'll get twelve jobs. I'll do whatever I got to do. But um, and then like she said, then God tells her no. <laughs> so then she get mad with me for what God said, and I, and I take I take I take God's whip. <laughs> I get that on the tin. <laughs> <get the job. laughs>
whatever you're doing, we're just going to let you do it. And so um, thank you to things as well as they are. And thank you, Lord, for a forum where we can just have an open discussion. We don't have to hide anything, God. That's that's a good feeling. And so I pray to bless somebody tonight. And I pray, God, that you will continue to bless Quick and his wife, continue to bless this podcast, and help us to be who you ordained for us to be. Help us to walk in our purpose, and help us, Lord God, to do it with a passion. Thank you so much. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, brother. Amen. Amen. Love y'all. Y'all have a great night. Love you, man. You too. Thank you. Love you. Yeah. Oh. We still on? Yeah. Oh, man. That is... That's a blessing. That's when when you know that's that conflict of, of your passion and your purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm. Then, yeah, perfect example. A perfect example. Then the environment mm-hmm. which causes your your passion. It, you know, because it's a it's a it's an emotional connection. And that mm-hmm. can be a hindrance as well. But you don't need your environment to align with you. If you align with God, he gonna put everything else in line. That's not that's not your part. Your part is just align with him. To line mm-hmm. up with your, your your purpose and be passionate about it that equals prosperity. Simple mathematics to me. That's not a bad problem to have though. You know why? Because in, in this in this perfect example, she knows her passion. I mean, she knows her mm-hmm. purpose. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. So, and and I, I know that it is a conflict. Um, but you know that the crazy thing is, is shoot, I'm almost excited because I just feel like you know what you and I know it's hard, you know, but you have to you have to make up in your mind that even in my fear, I'm gonna go. I'm going to go. Even in my fear, because mm. truthfully, that's how I got here. Right? Yeah, I remember you saying that. Even, even in, my fear, in the I'm unknown, even in my fear, you know, like, forget it. You know, I'm scared, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go, you know. Um, and and the, we've hit speed bumps. You know, we we right there with them. You know, trying to figure out finances and you know it, having contentious conversations about finances and you know, especially early on when you know you could see one side of the puzzle but you couldn't see the other. Remember, mm-hmm. I was like, you see how mm-hmm. much is coming in, but you don't know what our bills are. You know, mm-hmm. and it, we couldn't figure it out. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I'm like her. Numbers, it don't make sense. It does not make sense. It. One plus one is two. You can't tell me that if if we have one, that we can that we can pay two. You know, it it just doesn't um, math. That's just the way it is. Um, that's why. Now, I, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say now, that's why I, you, I I love math because it that is what it is. But again, um, when when you're looking at math and faith, you gotta. Get off the paper, you know. You got to kind of close your eyes and say, "Okay, I got two dollars. I got to go to the store and I got to get this bread." And you go to the store, and when you get out the car, you find 
$1. So now you're going in the store, you got three. That's that's faith right there. And then when you get in the store, the bread that you know you wanted to buy is usually three twenty nine, but they got it on sale for one ninety nine. So the the two that you had when you left the house, the one that you found that that God had laying on the ground beside your, your car, you know, and then the then the sale, that's all blessings right there. Absolutely, absolutely. Now for me, that's 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 a that's a that's a normal functionality. When you when you that, that in that syntax, you need a plus to one plus one. Well, the way I see it, in in a spiritual sense, we don't need that functionality. All we need is the two ones, because now we got eleven. You follow me? And that's the, yeah. that's, that's the thing. You you we you try you count the two. I'm counting eleven. I only I'm past two. I'm at eleven. I see eleven because God don't need the functionality. All we gotta do is. Take that purpose and that passion and line it up. We got eleven, mm-hmm. baby. That's one and one. One a one beside another one is eleven. But a one yeah. plus one. That's two. We don't need that. Yeah, my granddaddy used to ask me all the time, what's one and one? It was like two, Papa. Eleven. What? Eleven. I don't understand. No, it's not, Papa. But I mean, I understand. I mean, I, I definitely understand what you're saying. You know, it's you know, it's it's one of those things. You know, we'll 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 keep our sister in prayer, and um, I mean, it's just amazing because like I I have a thousand and one examples that I could call out right here. You know, and you know when 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 one side increases the other i mean sorry when one side decreases the other side increases you may not see how but you know there there are different things there are different blessings that can come through you know for one her husband being a man of, of the call alone mm. you know what i mean <laughs> i do so I mean, we'll. Well, we I know mean, that, that. We know that that, mm-hmm. that 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 faith and 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 prayer is definitely uh, what has to be. Uh, that's the functionality, the faith. You know, that's the reason why we can do without the functionality symbol being the plus sign. Oh, excuse me. Um, mm-hmm. We know that beyond. A doubt because we've experienced it And I know if I've experienced it And you've experienced it There's many others that have also But sometimes mm-hmm. we're just too Too emotional Too passionate to recognize it. Right Passion well, isn't So so to, to sum it all up Passion isn't a bad thing to have I mean it's, it's great to have passion but be passionate about your purpose. Absolutely. Don't have passion and no purpose. Be passionate about your purpose. And um, it, it, as you see, for for those avid faith walkers, you know they it, it'll be hard. It'll be challenging. Um, but but what you got to do is you got to think of 
God doesn't want you to sacrifice your family for the good of others. He wants to take care of you, your family, so that you and your family can take care of others. See what I'm saying? So I can't, you can't go out and do what you do and, you know, have your family struggling spiritually or suffering emotionally. If there's, you know, if, 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 if our child comes to you crying because he bumped his head, you know, and you don't stop to take time to, to figure out and console him, how are you going to go console somebody else's child tomorrow? Absolutely. You can't. Absolutely. It starts at home. So take care of you. Take care of your home. And God will align the world so that you can take care of others. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, people, you got to connect with to with people where they are. So and I say that to say, you know, sometimes people only get a glimpse of you. And if you don't mm. look happy, then they can't see God. If if you are 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 not happy, then how inviting is that? It's not inviting. You don't even look approachable. Mm-hmm. You know, so so it's one of those things where you take care of yourself and your family and all the rest falls in place. You've just uh, signed us out. <laughs> all right, then. You just closed us out because you're, you're absolutely right. God first, your family yourself, family slash yourself. And everything, yeah. everything else will line up. Everything else lines everything up. Everything else line up because you can, now you can have your purpose without passion, but you definitely can also have your passion without purpose. But only mm-hmm. one will get you prosperity, mm-hmm. and that's when you put your passion. I'm sorry, your purpose, passion into your purpose. Mm-hmm. That's where your prosperity comes. From. If you don't mm-hmm. you don't put your purpose inside of your passion, that ain't gonna work. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a sure way to, to start subtracting. Mm-hmm. You have anything else? No. I think you I think we done we done took it home. Now it's time to get to work. Uh, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you, and I love you dearly for your support. Um, I love our brother, Pastor, and and the First Lady, as well as my twin, uh, the Doc. Uh, I love y'all, and I know that without y'all, I wouldn't see my purpose elevate to where it is now. So I thank y'all tremendously, beyond words. Mm-hmm. We're about to conclude tonight. Remember that 
purpose first, then passion. Purpose plus passion equals prosperity. God is your purpose. Your emotion is your passion. Oftentimes they're not in sync, but they're important. But God has to be the foundation in order for prosperity and growth to come. That's all I have. Love God. Love yourself slash your family. Be safe. Wash your hands. Peace.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.